Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Eagle Nation, Georgia Southern football is back, and so is Gotta Talk. Matt here with you, joined as always by Cody. We are entering our third season now. It's crazy to think, Cody, um, you know, when we started this thing and just wanted to do a, a, a Georgia Southern football podcast for the fans and, and now entering our, our third year and excited about what's in store here for the 2020 season. Yeah, definitely excited about what's coming up ahead. Um, I'm very excited about this season. Um, a lot of news has already came out with a, a coaching hire schedule, um, recruiting. So it's uh, off season has not been boring to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if uh, you know, for, for our listeners who have, you know, stuck with us, uh, you know, throughout these th- three seasons, um, you know, you have already listened to our last episode, which was kind of a um, impromptu, uh, you know, episode covering the breaking news that uh, former athletic director Tom Kleinlein uh, had left Georgia Southern to take a uh, admin role at Ole Miss. Um, and if you listened to that episode, uh, you would have heard us uh, refer that we had already recorded, um, you know, our, our season finale, uh, you know, leading into that. And that was the next day that that news broke. Um, so that kind of threw everything for a loop. And, uh, and, and frankly, I just never got around to, to editing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and get and getting those uh those two that that two part season finale um up uh so we've we've had a hiatus here for a while and obviously as as Cody mentioned so much has happened uh since that time um and and really with you know with that TK news um and then everything else just kind of piled on where it became you know uh out of date, you know, it expired really quick. <laughs> so, um, all, you know, that, that content kind of became stale. So, uh, we just said, you know, to heck with it, let's, let's re-record, um, start fresh and, and, and kind of, um, not that we have like official seasons, but I mean, it, you know, kind of, instead of do this, uh, season recap of season two, we'll just kick off season three. Um, cause we'll basically be here with you, you know, periodically, uh, you know, through the spring, uh, you know, recapping the spring game, um, you know, maybe talking to NFL, uh, uh, the NFL draft, you know, got two players that that uh, well, a couple players that that uh, could could get drafted there, um, and then you know, before you know it, we've got summer and then uh, fall camp, and uh, you know, September fifth isn't isn't that far away, Cody, uh, where we head up to Boise, Idaho, and the Smurf turf to take on the Broncos of Boise State. Yeah, um, before you know, it'll be here. So go ahead and get your travel plans ready because uh, September fifth will be here before you know it. Yeah, absolutely. So as Cody mentioned, um, you know, we and, and again, we, we've just been both so busy, uh, you know, with with family, uh, personal life and, um, you know, our, our, our day jobs <clears throat> that we, we haven't really even communicated that much, Cody, about, you know, uh, t- texting here and there about stuff. Um, and, and like you said, just so much has happened. But, um, you know, the 20 minutes or so before this uh um, uh, before hitting the record button, um, we hadn't talked <laughs> on on the phone, so we've got a uh, a ton to talk about, and that's one of the things that that I like about this podcast because it is just kind of raw enough to uh, off the cuff, and that's what we try to do, um, where we just kind of have a conversation of of, of what's going on and, and kind of the stuff that Georgia Southern football fans um, everywhere are talking about. Um, we're just recording it for everyone to hear, so. Um, I guess with that, Cody, uh, you know, let's talk, I guess let's start with kind of the, 
what I think outside of obviously TK leaving and, and you know, if, if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. Um, as of this recording, uh, no real news has, has happened in that area. I know a search committee has been formed. The, they're conducting a national search for our next AD. Um, we have our interim in place, you know, for a while now. Um, but, you know, outside of that, no news has happened. Now, as soon as I say that, they're, they're going to announce yes, um, before, something. Yes, before uh, this episode drops, we'll probably yeah. name an AD. Yes. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll once board. again look like idiots. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so we're, we're not going to spend too much time on that. But outside of that, Cody, I think probably the biggest news, um, you know, from uh, this kind of off season, you know, before spring uh, camp open is uh, we got a new coach, and uh, it's a new coach that's an old coach. Uh, Doug Roos uh, comes in as our tight ends coach. Uh, he obviously was our offensive uh, you know, coordinator here under Willie Fritz. Um, and, you know, while, while short-lived, put up, you know, staggering numbers <laughs> with that offense, with um, – you know, uh, Upshaw and Ellison and, and Breida and company, um, transitioning us, uh, you know, from FCS to FBS, um, you know, leading the nation rushing, um, going eight and zero in the Sun Belt, you know, the, to, to win it, um, you know, his first year in, in 2014. Um, he's, he's had stints at, uh, you know, under Fritz at Tulane. And then, uh, I guess what in, in Arkansas, I think, uh, um, is, is, is where he, uh, has been coaching the last couple of years. Um, at Arkansas Tech, um, but Cody, I mean, obviously this this is this was a big name. This is a name that that uh, Eagle Nation knows really well. <clears throat> and I was kind of thinking about it before um, recording this. Right? Is to to me, there's an interesting dynamic with Doug Roos that he is a guy that I feel like unless you were really plugged into the program um, during those 2014 and 15 seasons, you didn't really hear that much about him. Obviously Fritz, the head coach got a lot of the credit, but you know, he's, he's a guy that comes from a defensive background. So uh, unless again, you were like, you know, really into like football and, and knew your stuff, he, you know, he, he, he didn't get that much recognition, um, where since he left and then obviously we had those dark years and we saw what happened, uh, you know, when we stray away from running the football and, you know, you have things like Matt, you know, Matt Breida, uh, basically losing his chance at, at getting drafted in the NFL, um, because of what happened after, um, Roos and company left, his name started becoming more common in like Georgia Southern lore. Right. And then, you know, now he, you know, comes back, obviously, with welcome arms. Uh, there was some criticism uh, about our current uh, offensive coordinator, uh, Bob DeBess. Uh, we did talk about that in those unreleased, uh, you know, two season finale <laughs> episodes, which <laughs> which we which we could touch on, um, obviously, you know, here. Uh, but just kind of talk about Doug Roos, Cody. I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, I, I think this is a guy that his his legend, if you will, uh, kind of grew in his time away from Statesboro um I get I mean I, I see where you're coming from on that I you know this is the guy that took over um when Bob DeBest left from Sam Houston State to go to New Mexico um and that's as far as back as he goes with with Willie Fritz so he started there came to Southern and then went to Tulane and then obviously um was like a uh, at the end of the 2018 season he left um or was released as you can say politely say from Tulane because I guess friends and company wanted to go a different direction with the offense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he obviously his two years that he was here, he had great success. 
um, the offense was clicking. We scored a ton of points those two seasons. Um, 2014, I think, will go down as one of the best offensive productions that Georgia Southern has ever seen um, outside of maybe the 1999 season. But in regards to, to the hire itself, is this a good hire for the position? Yes. I think if you look at tight ends um, and that grouping last year, obviously you could tell that there was a huge drop-off when with Richardson graduating um, yeah. at the end of the 18 season. Um, Especially with blocking. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Especially with blocking. Um, obviously that cruiser slash tight end position, whatever you want to call it, however you want to describe it in this in this offense, um, is, is very important. It's very important that they, that they know who they have to block. It's very important to know if they have to let a certain guy um, on defense go unblocked and let that be the read guy. And, you know, if they get that wrong or if they miss or they don't get their timing right, that's, that's huge. And you could kind of tell that was an issue last year. Um, and it never really got better. Um, and, you know, part of that may be that that position hadn't been well recruited before Lunsford and company was able to take over. Um, that could very well be a, an issue. But just the, you could just tell that something was amiss there in that position group. So Doug Ruse himself coming and taking over that spot, I think, is a tremendous hire on Lunsford's part in regards to I think you should hopefully see leaps and bounds growth in that position when it comes to blocking. No. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, if, if you go back and look at some of the film of, you know, the the, the breeder runs that we're so accustomed yeah. to, right? And and you look at that perimeter blocking, you know, those were tight ends doing that. And, and you know, that was something that we missed so much last year where you had, you know, the, the armchair quarterbacks, uh, you know, screaming you at their TV. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you and I included <laughs> screaming at the TV, why are, you know, dive, 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 what are we doing? Why do we keep doing the dive? It's because the perimeter blocking wasn't there uh, a lot of the times. Yeah. And, and well, that you know, was a I, whole another issue. I mean, he had that offensive line issues with injuries and graduation and, you know, obviously outside circumstances that happened during the season, that um, tragic circumstances that happened. So there's a lot of issues in regards to what a lot of fans thought were was um, an offense that went down from 18 to 19. Um, but I think to me the most interesting thing about this, this hire is – I think the the cohesion among the coaching group, specifically the offensive coaching group, right? I, I I can already see this building up, and I think you've already seen it online too, that coach the best is in really a no-win situation with this hire in the sense that if the offense improves, let's just say it improves. It doesn't have to be drastic, right. but let's say it improves you know, well enough for people to notice. Everybody's going to jump on and say, well, obviously that's because we hire Roos. Obviously it's because yeah. Doug Roos is We're getting more blocking. He's, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he was obviously, in his ear. He did something. Exactly. He, yeah. He's obviously got to be the one calling certain plays in this situation, whatever. But if it doesn't, and let's say that the offense is, you know, doesn't improve or it stays as it is, or, it, you know, we hope that it doesn't have this, but it, let's say it drops off a little bit even more, then – Everything's going to yeah, be give, on. Give, give him the reins. Yeah, yeah give, give him the reins. Give him the reins. It, it, this it's, guy's it's all proven. Best, he shows he can do it. Yeah. Fault. It's all right. the best's fault. You know, give give Doug Roos the reins. Um, so it's, you know, I it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the season. And not to say that it's going to be something that affects the coaching staff in a negative way. A little friction here, a little uh, iron sharpen iron isn't, 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 
always bad necessarily. It's sometimes good, um, and that could be the case for this offense. But I just don't think that that in terms of coach the best that you're really going to see him ever get any credit for what happens this season if the offense does well. You're right. No, you're you're right. It, it definitely kind of puts them in the eyes of, of a lot of fans, maybe even most fans, kind of like you said, like a lose-lose situation um, where – you know, which which is unfortunate, um, and uh, obviously probably not going to be like the case. But um, with it, it, you know, I I don't think they ever they never coached together, did they, Cody? Because I know, like you said, he he replaced him at Sam Houston. Um, you know, when he went to New Mexico. Uh, so yeah, I don't think so. I, 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 don't I wonder. So. I wonder how well they know each other. I mean, obviously they know of each other. Um, and I'm sure they followed each other's careers and that kind of stuff. I'm sure they've met and, and spoke and whatnot. But I like. I, I wonder. You know, I don't think they've ever coached together. So that's going to be interesting, right? Uh, you know, yeah. that that dynamic in itself. Um, where you know, and 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 Roos is is an interesting. Uh, uh, you know. Let's let's not let's not just act like he's you know been rocking and rolling you know since leaving Statesboro right I mean he yeah. went to Tulane you know he they they did okay things at Tulane um, that program has continued to improve you know without him um, like you said uh, Fritz who I mentioned you know comes from a defensive background and and he kind of brought in Roos and, and brought in uh, or brought in DeBess and then brought in Roos um, to kind of run that system at Sam Houston State because they they needed to win <laughs> they needed to win quick um, so. So they kind of went to a run heavy option style system. Um, but, you know, he and we, we talked about it when when he was here that, uh, you know, he wants to kind of have a more balanced offense. And that's what he wanted at Tulane. And so Bruce kind of got ran out of town and then he ended up at Arkansas Tech. You know, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not like, you know, his you know, it's not like his track record and his resume kept kind of building after, you know, it, it might've been the crescendo might've been, you know, in Statesboro, you know, and, and, and now he's yeah. back. So it's, it's interesting because, and we know how like our fans could be. I mean, you know, if, if you're having yeah. success here and success here, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do anywhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul Johnson's always going to be on the Mount Rushmore. He's always going to be a God, no matter what, you know, he ended up doing at uh, Navy or Georgia Tech. You know, um, that that's that's just the way it is. Um, you know, Fritz obviously short lived here. Um, he's held in most, you know, a mostly high regard. Um, but in Monk, in the same way, you know, no matter what happens at Army, the people are going to respect him because of what he did for the program. But yeah. so I, I think I think you know we have kind of like a short memory as, as fans. And, and we're only, we're only remembering what he did for us and not maybe what he's done, you know, in recent years. Yeah. Uh, but in other but, years, but we'll offensive say, yeah. coordinator. Um, right. I mean, so, you know, and you also have to look at too, when he was here, you know, it, this may be an unfair argument, but it's, it's something that's going to be pointed out. What he did here in 14 and 15 were with Munkin players, right? It wasn't right. with like players that he himself really kind of recruited and, and coached up. We never really got to see that part of, of Fritz and company to see how they would have done over a four, five, six year. To actually build a program. Yeah, yeah. to actually build a program. To um, so his you, credit, to his credit, you did have the transition. You are yep. arguably, arguably on paper facing tougher competition. That's um, true. Obviously the, eight and, the, obviously the 8-0 and record in the Sun Belt uh, you know, may not reflect that uh, sentiment, but – 
it, it you know it's it's FBS football um and you ran a different system you know you you weren't under center you went you went pistol yeah there was a lot of like similar formations there was a lot of similar or not formations but similar plays and and uh you know schemes and things like that but it it was a different system so I mean I, I think to his credit um you know that needs to be pointed out is is, well, is he came was in and orchestrated the offense yeah but you know, he also had a, a offensive line that was solidified and had been pretty much with the same yeah, coaching he had the infrastructure. He had the yeah. infrastructure there. Whereas yeah. you look at DeBess and Lunsford and company now, that infrastructure wasn't there. They're actually in the process of still building that, which is why you saw a lot of offensive line struggles last year when the injuries hit and why I think that this year you're still going to have some issues because you're still building that offensive line infrastructure. That's something that just doesn't get built overnight. That takes three, four years to rebuild when it's kind of when it's kind of decimated under under summers. Okay, so let me let me ask you this because I know this is is one of the many questions that you know I've seen online and I've seen people talk about. It. I'm sure everyone's like thinking it probably wants us to address. So where where do you see this hire of Doug Roos going? Whether it's this year or looking on after 2020 i mean obviously it depends on like you said what happens with if we have a stellar year maybe the best doesn't get you know um all or, or even a little bit of the credit um but uh, you know you would think if we have a stellar year he's he's still staying in that position so where uh, you know do you think in in lunsford's mind you know, was this move strictly to go get, you know, a, a, a you know, former coach that he worked with, that he respects, that did a good job and, you know, as OC here and bring him in to coach tight ends because everything that we just said that he's he's good, you know, coaching that position with the blocking and all that stuff, you know, or is there a bigger plan here of to 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 move him into a more prominent position whether it's OC and waiting, whether it's co-offensive coordinator where whether it's running game coordinator or, or something to that extent i don't know if there's a specific plan like in two or three years like yep he's going to be the offensive coordinator that's what lunchward was thinking i don't know you know we don't know is bob the best thing about retiring or you know you don't know right. any of these things that go on behind closed doors what i can say and what i think is the case is that coach lunchford had this opening knew how important this position is and how well it needs to be coached. And he saw a guy out there that knew how to do it and knows how to get it done and felt this is the best guy for this job, and he hired him. And I might add the tight ends position coach job at Georgia Southern probably pays more than the offensive coordinator job at Arkansas Tech. It probably does. So, and, 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 and money talks too, and that. Yeah. It does. And you also got to consider, too, that you don't know what kind of, I guess, severance package or what the, the contractual language was for him getting fired at Tulane. You know, mm-hmm. it, is it kind of one of those things where he's still getting paid by Tulane um, minus whatever he's getting paid here? Um, that he's still getting that, you know, that paycheck on top of that. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I don't know the details of, of his contract at Tulane or exactly how that works I just think that for this hire Lunchwood was looking at who is the best individual for this job that knows this offense and and that's Doug Roos it's and, and it to me on a straight 
coaching hire for this position knocked out of the ballpark. Great hire. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I don't I don't yeah. think you can get a better one because again, no. it's even even if there is a plan, right? Even if there's a yeah. plan in place where he, like you said, I didn't even think about the retired thing. That's a, that's a great point. Um, but but yeah, like may, maybe the best has come to to Lunsford and was like, look, um, I appreciate you like keeping me around and 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 sticking with me and all this kind of stuff. I don't have, you know, I mean, he's an older guy. Um, I, I don't know his age off, off, off uh, you know, offhand. Yeah, but, but I think he has um, a grandbaby or two. And trust yeah, me. Yeah, well, no, I he got, does. I got he's been coaching. And, and, right. And grandparents change, you know, when, when people become grandparents, things change, you know, mindset well, that, change. And he's been yeah. coaching for a long time. I mean, the, yes. the, the guy is super decorated with all the stops he's been. I mean, what we've said before on this podcast that, you know, he might, I, I think, as I don't even know if it's an argument, he's like the most decorated offensive coordinator we might have ever had, at least to oh, the point yeah. that he became offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Um, with all the, the P5 schools and stuff he's coached at in the past. Um, so, yeah, but, but I mean, he, he's obviously up there in age, so um, retirement has to be on his mind and, you know, try to go out on a high note. So, yeah, may, maybe – Maybe it's him to be like, hey, look, you know, maybe maybe he is friends with Roos. We don't know. We're not behind, you know, we're not in these meeting rooms and stuff. Um, but, you know, maybe he was the one that suggested it at Lunsford or Lunsford. You know, he came to Lunsford and say, hey, look, I don't have many years left. I want to, you know, just kind of give you a heads up on that. And, you know, he Lunsford, you know, texted Roos and, and said, hey, are you interested? And here we are. Um, yeah. So it, it might it might not be, you know, we're not trying to paint this like drama situation and, and, and create something. You know, we, we, we don't know. We don't know the whole story behind it. But obviously, when the fans saw again, they, they welcomed him with open arms. They were excited for the hire. Like you said, it's it's not. It's a great hire from the position standpoint where I could see and we've seen in the past with us and, and with other you know programs, this kind of happened where you kind of bring in like, hey, the writing's on the wall, fella. Right. <laughs> like yeah. like you bring you bring in this guy to say, hey, yeah, you're on the hot seat. This guy is the OC in waiting or DC in waiting or head coach in waiting. And we're going to give him this kind of. Uh, you know, arbitrary role. That's I don't think that's the case here because he's Roos has proven that he's really good coaching tight ends, right? Yeah. So, so like you said, it's it's a it's a home run hire from a position uh, a position coach standpoint, but also yes, it does hedge our bets for the future with offensive coordinator position. Yeah, it does. It does, and you know, it's um, like I said. Out, it's an outstanding hire for this for this job. I don't I don't I can't think of anybody better that Lunchford could have gotten. I mean, you know, and it's almost like you know, <laughs> I can't you know I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but it's almost like Nick Saban esque in a way, the way that mm-hmm. Nick Saban brings on like old head coaches or fired head coaches to coach position players or B coordinators or something like that or an analyst. Yeah, on you're staff. you're like a right, you're a quarterback yeah, so here comes, that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, so here comes, you know, Lunsford bringing in a former OC, former offensive coordinator to come coach at a position level. You know, it's kind of like it's 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 very it, I think it's a very good hire. I think it's in terms of of somebody who who will coach that position well. Um outstanding, outstanding hire. And we get a lot of talent at that position young talent, let me rephrase that, young talent at that position level that hopefully should take big strides this year. I'm interested to see what, what comes of it, whether, yeah, whether it's like the retired thing or 
if if we see him kind of you know even this year and obviously there it's not something that they're going to announce publicly um but maybe it's already in place maybe uh, you know the best has already been told um you know we've seen position coaches before um not just with us but with other programs you know they're they become assistant head coaches i know we have an assistant head coach already um but but that kind of thing where where they take on a you know, an elevated role within their position coach role. So who knows, you know, you know, maybe, maybe we see him, you know, assisting and calling plays, you know, by mid season. Yeah. But maybe I think that's going to take you know. a year. I don't think that'll happen this year. I think it, yeah. unless, unless, unless we get off to a very slow offensive start, I don't see that happening. Um, and we'll get which more it, which, into it, which our, it could. Yeah. Which, which it could you, with we'll, our, we'll, we'll our we'll front loaded schedule. To, we'll about yeah. to get into the schedule here in a minute. Um, but uh, taking on three G5 conference champions in the first six games and then yeah. quite possibly a, a, a G5 up team yeah. up yeah. in Louisiana that – I just looked at their schedule, Louisiana schedule, by the way, today. Um, mm. There's a good possibility they could run the table. Yeah. Um, oh, if yeah. they get past App State and, and – well, App State and us. Um, they have Missouri at the end of the year. And what Missouri's coached by, Drinkwitz now – so I don't know exactly what Missouri is going to really be coming into. I won't. I won't get all those good information until Phil still brings his uh, releases right. his book out in May or June. Um, but there's a good shot that Louisiana could easily run the table. Um, yeah. And so our schedule is very front loaded, uh, to say the least, this year. Yep. Yep. So um, I guess Cody, before we get to that, um, is there is there anything that we want to do to just kind of like tie a bow on 2019? I mean, I know obviously we we covered a lot of that stuff in you know those unreleased episodes. Um, you know, obviously that stuff was more relevant back then. Um, but I, I don't want to do a disservice to the 2019 season. Um, you know, we we never you know we we haven't released uh, you know any. Uh, any content, you know, uh, about that Liberty game, about losing the Cure Bowl, um, you know, is 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 there anything we kind of want to add there? Not really. I mean, it's a tough loss. Um, obviously, it's not the it's not the expectation. It's not the outcome that we wanted. Um, I don't think it's the end all be all that a lot of fans made it out to be, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at when I look back at the at the season, um, yes, did we have our offensive woes like in October? You know, did we struggle? Did we win those games? Yes, but did we struggle to score some points um, against South Alabama and Coastal? Yeah, we did. Um, but there was a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of travesty, uh, tragedy that happened, and a lot of things that were going on that that make that situation understandable. When you look at November, I wouldn't say it was necessarily the offense's issue that that we lost the two games that we did. You know, you and I mm-hmm. spent a lot of time last season discussing. Um, our defense um, in those yep. two games and kind of what needs to be done to hopefully kind of correct that. And honestly, after halftime, um, after halftime of the Arkansas State game, that second half through the rest of the season, the defense played great. Defense yep, played I great. Agree. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Inclu- I mean, they like we including I mean, they the bowl game kept including, us in the yeah they kept us in the Cure Bowl a hundred percent yeah. So, um, I I know that there's a lot of people that were very upset after the 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 the, the cure bowl and and you I mean know, they have a right talks. to be. I was upset. Yeah, I I I was there. Obviously, I live I live in Orlando. I was yeah. looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I I just I just I've I've actually visited that just, stadium uh, twice in the last two weeks, and yeah, and it, just it still leaves it was, a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I just think that the 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 some of the reaction from fans to say that the best needs to be fired, that he needs to be on the hot seat. I think we're over the top. 
Um, sure, sure. I mean, any, I think we I don't think, like I think, to, we don't like to lose. Top. We don't like to lose. And yeah, we don't. I, I, we like don't. the the right the calling for jobs and that kind of stuff. That's something that we've never you know been about here. I think we had you know a, a pretty you know, uh, good conversation, you know, in, 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 in those unreleased yeah. episodes about that. Um, you know, and I, I think we kind of covered it a little bit just now, uh, with, when talking about Ruse. Um, yeah, I think, obviously, I think that's really that always needs to be said. It is. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, obviously after that, you know, Liberty game, that was the, I guess it wouldn't be icing on the cake, but I mean, that, that was for a lot of people, they, they felt that should be the nail in the coffin, um, right for him. But, uh, again, like you, like you said, and, and, and we both have said, uh, you know, all last year, it was the season of adversity and, and just yeah. everything we dealt with on and off the field that, you know, it's, it's not excuses people. It's just, it's just reality. It <laughs> it's, is. It's, 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 it's what it, happened. It, so, and yeah. and it's you know if if it continues to happen then yes it it needs to be addressed and now we have you know uh, someone that uh, you know seemingly could could step in to that place if something were to happen um, where you know the the regression in the offense um, you know if you want to call it that continues um, when the team is healthy and when you know there's not all these things happening you know off the field and and and, and you know we're having an older team and more experienced team and getting good recruiting classes, this sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a wait and see thing, but I mean, again, you know, I, I, I don't want to sell that 2019 season short, um, outside of like the critical stuff, um, still made a bowl game, uh, you know, still won seven games, um, back to back bowls, uh, you know, for the first time in, in program history, uh, beat, App State back to back years. Yeah, beat that team years. in Atlanta back to back years. Yeah, finally got the win over that team in Atlanta in Statesboro. That you know, it, it it was it was not the season we wanted because we always want you know a, a New Year Six bowl game, right? But yeah, it 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 was it was a good it was a good season. Um, to you know for I mean, for we all almost, those points, I, yeah. The team that finished tenth in the nation at the end of the season in Minnesota, we almost knocked them off in their place. Yep. With a backup quarterback. Yeah, with a backup. I mean, think about this. If at the end of 2018, we lost our entire offensive line, either due to graduation or injury, halfway through the season, right? Mm-hmm. By by game seven, nobody on that 2018 offensive line, I think, were, was still playing for us. Mm-hmm. You, had, you had lost your two main um, running backs due to graduation from the 2018 season. Your number three running back from 2018 season that was gonna be your main inside zone inside dive guy was out for the year after game five or halfway through game five. Your most dynamic offensive ball player missed the first four games. Your star quarterback missed two and a half games. Your um, probably the most athletic tight end that you ever had graduated, and then since the Hatton position really hadn't been recruited all that well beforehand. You had a, a walk on and, and two freshmen trying to fill that void in a in a JUCO transfer, which I think I can't remember if he got injured or if he just decided to graduate after this season. Um, that tried to fill that void, and I, you start to kind of add all these things up, and to say that we finished seven and six and made it to a bowl game and we beat a top twenty team, we nearly beat a top ten team, we opened up the season with the team that was probably going to be regarded as the, probably the best college football team of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, 7-6 pretty damn good. 
Yeah, no, it is. It is. And I mean, we said again at the beginning of the season that if we got anywhere between like seven and nine, that that would be remarkable with, you know, everything stacked against us with the schedule alone. And obviously there's no way we could have predicted everything that would have happened. Oh, yeah. Know, would ha- All the stuff that I just on listed and off, off the field. Yeah. And I didn't even and I didn't even mention everything. Quan Quan Griffin getting arrested. Your your starting defensive end gone for the season, um, with yeah. an arrest. Um, obviously you had Jordan Wiggins, um, suicide during the middle of the season. Poop I mean, gate. I don't know if you said yeah, poop uh, gate, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Poop gate. You know, shy worse. Can't forget what, the poop first, gate. Yeah. yeah, missed the first two practices of fall camp because of that. But also so, just a huge distraction too. Yeah, it's a huge distraction. I mean, I mean, you just. And that, still, that's not everything that happened. I mean, so no. I, yes, it's seven and six when you just look at it number wise. Is that disappointing? Of course, nobody at Georgia Southern fan is going to ever be satisfied with a record of one game above five hundred. That's not the case. Um, you fired coaches here with with better records, you know, a la Seawalk. Um, yeah. But if you start to kind of really break down everything that that took place and everything that happened. You have to really be impressed with the way that the, the these young men handled themselves through the season, the way that they pushed forward and didn't give up when they very key, easily could have. They could have easily given up in, in fall camp. They could have easily given up after LSU. They could have easily have given up after uh, Wiggins had, had committed suicide. Um, mm-hmm. Go through all these things that they where they could have just been like, you know what, this is just way too tough. I just want the season to end. You know, d- you know, just get us through uh, November. No, they didn't. They pushed for. They did it for us, the fans, the university, for their coaches, their families themselves. And by God, they beat their two rivals again. They made it to a bowl game. And you know, I get the disappointment in that in that bowl game, but I mean, I can't be I can't be more proud or, or more proud. That's not very good English. Um, I could not. not be no. I could not be more proud of these young men than than how they handled and carried themselves through this season. Same, same. I mean, the the way they carry themselves through a seven to five season, I think, is is more remarkable than going undefeated and, and winning a New Year's Six game I, I, with, without all that stuff, right? I mean, it really yeah. is. Um, it's 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 remarkable. And I mean, it, 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 we we said you know uh, last season that uh, it, it's probably the most adversity in any college football team. I mean, obviously, that's not something that people track. Uh, you know, there, there there's no no, like, there's no way to really uh, track an, that. There's no analytics on that, and it's all no. you know, it's it's debatable, obviously. Um, you know, but, Captain Clack can't put that in a spreadsheet, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, you can't you can't spreadsheet it. You can't put it in a chart. Um, but that was a lot of adversity, and and it arguably was. arguably the most that any any team that I've ever you know followed or and I've you know I've, I've covered football and I've you know been around it for many many years and i've i've never seen that on on any level of, of of that amount of adversity so um just just remarkable there i i will say about the bowl game and then we'll move on um other than the result a great experience uh you know again live here in orlando got to host some people down here uh got to tailgate with the eagle nation uh it was a great time um you know venue the tailgate the uh friday night festivities everything was just it was great i mean the eagle walk was fantastic it was a huge crowd out there a ton of energy like i said everything but the result of the game um was absolutely fantastic so yeah uh, you know the city of of orlando did a good job with that um and just kind of wanted to give them a quick shout out so yeah Uh, but uh but let's move on cody uh 
to you want to do recruiting next and then I get, uh, yeah i guess we can touch on it it's not our expertise um but we yeah. can kind of touch and kind of review what 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 other sites <laughs> have said and then like, yeah, we can sure. comment on it moving to recruiting um you know cody we we finished i guess according to 24 7 sports um fourth in the Sun Belt. Fifth, um that number of it or was it fifth, fifth total? Yeah, fifth, um fifth. so fi- fifth fifth in the Sun Belt. Um yeah, you know, it's right in front of me, so I just, <laughs> 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 um, so you you said fourth before and I just wasn't reading the number. Oh, so it's my but fault. My I it is okay. it is oh, it's your fault. Yeah. That's you told right. me fourth I I, I guys, trusted you over twenty four seven. I told you fifth. Did you tell me fifth? Yes. All right. All right. Anyway, yeah. so it's when that number doubt, has fluctuated, obviously. <laughs> right. Oh, always. Um, <laughs> that number has has obviously fu- fluctuated. Um, you know, with when the, obviously the two recruiting periods now. Yeah. Um, you know the, the the one in the fall, or you know the one in uh, December, and the one in um, the spring. But uh, you know, and we 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 moved up. We we were lower. A lot of people were, you know, the sky is falling, folk. Uh, you know, they they were uh, they had on their doomsday hats um, early on there in, in December, saying, "Look how you know uh, low we are." And again, not our expertise. We're not going to get into like a lot of like the particulars with with like these kids. But obviously, there's some names that like we want to mention, and um, you know, mainly I guess I'll start at a higher level. You know, being fifth. Cody, you know, there's going to be people that, you know, the, those, that group that I just mentioned, the sky is falling people that look at that and they're not happy. You know, they're, they're not happy that, you know, a team that has won the Sunbelt conference before that is, uh, you know, consistently competing for a conference championship, or at least should be uh, competing for a conference championship is finishing in the middle of the pack of the Sunbelt conference and recruiting. So what, what do you kind of have to say to that? Um, I mean, to it. A, a degree you know they can i think they're kind of um justified in that feeling that 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 they obviously would hope that that we would be ranked higher the way that i look at recruiting is i want to see the reactions from the coaching staff um and also kind of how things play out so obviously a coaching staff isn't ever going to come out and say man we're really disappointed with this year's recruiting class we just did not get the guys that we wanted obviously that's never going to be said um but what I look for is I is I look for were there any decommitments, were there any kids that had committed to us in the fall, who within the last week or two, of recruiting, said you know Flipped, what I'm gonna yeah. go yeah I'm gonna go to this school, and I don't remember maybe there may have been one, um, I know that one of our offensive linemen that we recruited actually was a flip from Western Kentucky, uh, yeah. so, when I see that. What that tells me is that our coaching staff have have highlighted these individuals. They recruited them hard. These are the guys that they wanted, and they were able to get them. So I'm trusting the coaching staff that they know the football program better than I do, which hopefully they should. And yeah. that, <laughs> yeah, let's hope. And that since they're getting the individuals that they want, that they feel like will be the best fit for this team and the best fit moving forward then that should be um, a pretty good sign of where our program is heading in regards to the to the young freshmen that are coming in um, either you know this you know winter or this winter semester um, or that will be coming in in, in the summer and into fall camp so 
I think that they've done pretty well. They the coaching staff and, and what I've seen recruited checked off all the boxes for me. I think they got three or four offensive linemen. They got a really good running back. They got um, I think they got three quarterbacks. Um, quarterbacks. All three um, seem to be pretty athletic, especially the young man from Louisiana. Um, and so I think um, you know again, I, there's not anything in which I was like, man, we kind of really missed a hole there in that position group. I think they did a really good job. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point about, you know, the longevity of, you know, keeping, keeping the kids happy. It's, it's not just establishing contact and getting that commitment. I mean, we're seeing these kids, you know, uh, commit, you know, as early as sophomores and stuff, right. And, and, and being able to stay in contact with them to keep their interests and, you know, if their play gets better and if, you know, those, uh, those offers, you know, pile up to be able to retain them, um, you know, something, uh, you know, should be said of that. And then also addressing need. It is, it's the same thing that you hear all the time with the analysis of the NFL draft, you know, and, oh, best player available or address a need. Um, you know, I, I always lean address a need. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you need yeah. a quarterback, get a quarterback. But if, if, if the quarterback is not, uh, you know, the – the top guy like on the board, you know, if, if he's like the 14th best guy and you need a defensive end and there's a defensive end that's far better than that quarterback's ever going to be, get the defensive end, you know, yeah. like, so, so, and, and, and that's something that we've done really well. And you have to understand, we do run a different system. We run, um, you know, maybe, maybe not a defense, but on offense, obviously a run heavy system, offensive linemen are going to be different. The type of running backs the wide receivers that we get, um, they're they're going to be different guys. The tight ends that we get, you know, you're 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 going to want those perimeter blockers, like we mentioned. Um, so you want nasty tight ends. You, you want, want guys nasty guys, very... and and the and the offensive linemen. You yeah. want quick guys. Yeah. You want now it's not necessarily like the wishbone type guys where they're like no because two thirty and have yeah, you seen the but, size of our offensive linemen? Yeah, they're big. They're like, big. Yeah, they're and, like yeah. six 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 seven mm-hmm. guys. I mean, they're. They're huge guys. Which is guys, I mean, that's the type of offensive line recruit that you saw under Summers. I mean, I hate to bring that up, but I mean, it is. But let's hope, you know, they're better and, and, and or a better fit for the system. He was bringing in bigger guys and stuff, and it's because of the direction but that not, we're trying to go but with not, offense. But not in the way that it needed to be. Like, like No, exactly. That's my point. That's my point. The was not yeah. recruited well. The offensive line right. not, was not recruited well. Now, it doesn't mean to say that the two or three guys that we brought in during that time are, are terrible players or that they don't know what they're doing. No. But that position group was not recruited the way that the best in Lunsford and uh, – Coach Cabral and company are recruiting that position now over the last two or three seasons. Um, it's not just big guys, but it's big athletic guys, right? Um, that that you know can push a guy around, and then if they need to get downfield and knock somebody else over, they can. Right. Um, so yeah, you're not you're not getting big guys just for the sake of getting big guys, and I think exactly. I think I, yes. I think that's something that you saw. Yeah, you definitely saw under the summers era, uh, which I think people are still in a hangover from that, right? <laughs> They're still having PTSD a little bit um, with yeah. that. So they, they see like, oh, you know, we're no longer recu- recruiting like the 250 guy. We're getting the 310 guy. Oh, no. You know, and, and no, like it, it, we're, we're being super selective with that. And we're getting guys that, that can still play. They're still athletic. Um, they can still move around, um, you know, get, uh, you know, laterally quicker. Um, so that kind of stuff is something you didn't see, uh, you know, under, under summers. Um, and, 
and again, it, with the quarterback position, with running backs and, and all that, I mean, it's 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 different types of guys that, you know, guys that those bruisers, like you said, those nasty guys, they're not going to get the headlines. You know, they're not going to always, uh, you know, be the star of the high school team. You know, they're going to be overshadowed maybe by by other guys. You know, it's, it's like hockey with like your your bruiser and your fighter, you know, he's a, they're a fan favorite, uh, you know, once they get known, but they're they're not on the top of like you know, people's like awards list. Right. So, I mean, the, but, but that's the type, that's the identity that we need, um, in the framework of the team. And, um, so, so they might not be all, you know, four stars and stuff or, or even all three stars, but they're still quality players. And, um, I guess with that, let's, let's move to like some of those guys, like I said, um, while we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination, um, it's the guys that, people like us you know the fans are talking about right so i let, let's start let's start with the quarterback position you mentioned the kid from louisiana he's from baton, uh, baton rouge louisiana um samuel kennerson he's uh 5'9 160 that's kind of your prototypical georgia southern quarterback there um but this guy can sling it too i mean looking at his film obviously film can be misleading um that's something that you know is going to be the case with with every recruit across the nation um you know uh, uh, highlight films is, is just that is just that it's high highlights um but he's got great touch on the ball he's got a strong arm he obviously can run um super athletic dual you know dual threat guy um you know this could possibly be the quarterback of the future here at george Southern. he very well could be um i think the biggest question mark that i think a lot of fans are going to have is obviously his height right five nine when you have i think all your offensive linemen are going to probably be six three or taller um you know how uh, I know that they just had the press conference today, you know, as we're recording um, this of uh, first day of spring practice or what was supposed to be the first day of spring practice. Um, and the best mention about the, the passing game evolving um, and changing up of things, or at least that's what he said, changing up of things a little bit, or pretty much evolving. Um, how does that evolve with with a 5'9 guy? You know, is, I wouldn't think he would just be kind of sitting in the pocket trying to sling it, right? You're not going to really be able to see much when mostly everybody else is a good six to eight inches taller than you are around you. So does this mean that it's, we're going to go strictly more running with this individual or are we going to go more kind of like um, have him roll out of the pocket and give him, and give him more of a run-pass option look? Um, so it would be interesting to see. Um, not to say that, that his height will d- deter him from being great. Obviously, Jason Foster was a, was a hell of a quarterback for us. Um, and favorite, he was like my favorite Georgia Southern player. Yeah, and um, he was listed at five six, but I think Matt, you can attest that he may have been shorter than that. He's about five. Um, yeah, so um, I've, I've I've met. Uh, yeah, I know Jason. Yeah, <laughs> so um, obviously, if the heart's there, the termination's there, the the height is not going to be an issue. Um, but again, we probably won't see this young man really hit the field for at least two to three years. Obviously, you have. Uh, shy that's probably you know that's going to start first this year and then you obviously have Thompson um, uh, that's going to come in and, and uh, take over for the next what he'll be what a redshirt sophomore this year so probably a redshirt junior so he'll have two seasons in which he'll be the quarterback um, as long as he progresses and 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 develops so right. it may be a little while before we've seen this young man on the field yeah. um, but but you know that's not a bad thing for him to sit and 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 practice and 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 understand the offense fully before he steps out there. 
and I think that's hard for a lot of people too, right? I mean, it's we 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 get caught up in recruiting because football's over, right? So uh, football's yeah. over. Obviously, with now the December period, uh, you know, it's coming right there in conjunction with the bowl season. Um, so you know, depending on your team, maybe you know your season isn't over. Um, but certainly with the spring. Uh, and we're just kind of holding on. We're hanging on to whatever we can get. Um, but it is hard to, you know, I guess digest that, you know, these kids, it might be several years before you hear their names again, you know. Uh, but but uh, obviously it's 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 a building process. And, and some of these guys, and, and you've seen it, I mean, obviously with us and uh, certainly across the nation of, of guys that, that play really young. So, I mean, you might see some of these names uh really soon especially some of these offensive line guys um you know where where we you know have some holes uh you know with a tight end position obviously with a defensive backfield where we you know lost some key guys so you might see some guys where if not this year um certainly by 2021 you know some of these names will be popping up in you know the top of the depth uh, the depth chart yeah yeah you're right so moving on to the next name, uh, let's talk about he came in in spring and, you know, stole a lot of headlines. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's a really interesting story here. Uh, we chatted a little bit about it before we got on. Um, Jalen White, he's a running back. Um, he's uh, six foot. 200 so so good size for a running back certainly good size for a Georgia Southern running back we have seen you know bigger um you know more kind of prototypical power runners come in uh to Georgia Southern in recent years but you know we're used to kind of uh you know the the super fast guys and and, and the smaller shorter guys uh like the Matt Breedas and stuff um but uh this guy led the entire nation in rushing um, he also set a Alabama, um, he's from, uh, Delville, Alabama, and he set a Alabama high school, um, record, uh, this past season, single season record of 3,519 yards and 49 touchdowns on 217 carries. I did not misspeak. 3,000. <laughs> 519 yards and 49 touchdowns on 270 In one season. Carries. That's not his career numbers, In right? In 2019, <laughs> I looked up when when this news broke, and I, I wish I had something to compare. I was like, how does that compare to Adrian Peterson's career, which is uh, you know still an NCAA record <laughs> at Georgia Southern? And yeah. it's not far off. <laughs> so that if, if that puts it into any kind of perspective for our fan base now yes it's high school yes it's double a i believe in alabama um this is a kid you know you you might ask if if you're not familiar with this well you know why did he sign with us (laughs) frankly right um why why is he at a g5 team um and not at clemson or alabama and the reason uh, well i mean i'd the reason that I suspect, I guess, or the reason that I've read, um, is I guess competition and and, and just kind of, uh, you know, the 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 spotlight, despite that staggering number, um, the spotlight not really being on him. Uh, you know, he played in Double A in Alabama, but we talked before, Cody, like 
again, it's Alabama. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I've covered high school football in, in Georgia and Florida, never in Alabama. I have covered some Alabama schools. I've come to, to Georgia to play and, and came to Florida to play. Um, obviously, the talent there is it, it runs really deep, um, and and football consumes that entire state. You know, I mean, kids are playing, you know, as soon as they can walk. So. I can't imagine that the competition, I mean, I obviously we've both watched his highlights and things like that. Um, and while he might not be playing against, you know, uh, you know, their highest classification or, you know, a, a bunch of guys are going to be playing in college at any level, 3,500 yards rushing in one season is still just mind blowing. I mean, it, it, it is against, against it is. anybody, against anybody. Um, so, the fact that he, you know, we arguably was his, you know, were, uh, George Southern was his biggest offer. Um, you know, arguably he, he had, um, you know, some offers from uh, Tulane, I believe, and, and, and Willie Fritz, uh, you know, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina. So obviously some conference mates there, Alabama, A&M, um, but no P5 offers, no P5 offers at all. Um, and he committed us in, in, in the, the spring signing period. So um, I guess there's a couple of things that, to kind of unpack here. I mean, what what do you have to say, I guess, first of, of, about those numbers? And, you know, while you can obviously have to take them with a grain of salt, but it, it, it's still impressive. So what, 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 do you, what do you think we might have in store with this, uh, with this kid? First of all, Congrats to and, and and kudos to our coaching staff and and for for getting out there and finding this young man and recruiting him. You know, to have somebody that's what like a USA Today All American high school. Yeah, that, that's player. the thing is he's not I he's mean, not even a diamond in the rough, right? He's he's yeah. not that, like that. That's what's and we were talking about before. Like that's what's interesting about it is like it's not just that he played for a no name school. Again, it's Alabama. It's not like he was playing in Maine or Wyoming. Um, you know, it, it was it was Alabama, but he was he was a USA Today All American. <laughs> he he had yeah. you know he had headlines written about him from twenty four seven from it wasn't Sports like he was Illustrated a in from the Alabama newspapers. You know, the AL dot com and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, he he was not he was not it's not a diamond in the rough. It's not this like no name kid that just kind of came out of nowhere. Like it, he people knew what he was doing. It was just the offers weren't there. So it's an enigma, really, of, of why he didn't get, you know, someone didn't kind of throw him a bone at, at a P5 school. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that one. You know, again, uh, he's still going to have to come here and improve himself, you sure. know. Just because you have those great senior numbers, it that doesn't you know doesn't doesn't translate to college ball, right? That that stays in high school. Um, so um, as they say, stars don't travel. So yeah, you know when he gets on campus, um, you know he's just, it's it's going to have to come back and, and really work and improve himself and show what show what he's about. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I doubt that. I doubt that he will play much this year he may play in a game or two depending on the score or who we're playing you know we do have still have that red shirt rule where they can play four games um and they can still red shirt them um but it'll be interesting to see um to see how well he competes in a very very talent rich running back core that we have right you still got logan Wright. you still got jd king you still got uh west kennedy you still got uh spitty laroche um, you got Gerald Green. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, so it's not like he's coming in here to where he could uh, any slouches, you know, in the, in this running back core for sure. sure. And, on, and on top of that, you know, Coach Foster is a is a really good coach, and that's a you know that's a coach that's going to push you and is going to expect um, for you to come on campus and and to, and to perform and and to hold your you know to to uh, hold you at a high level. So, yeah, I mean, I I think this is a terrific get for us. I really do. I mean, yeah. I've I've read enough about him. Obviously, outside of the numbers, um, you know, seeing his interviews and stuff, uh, you know, his, uh, his quotes and stories, and then also like some video interviews. He was sold on Georgia Southern. He seems like to really want to be here. Obviously, we have the legacy of of producing great running backs, um, and and guys like Breida that that kind of went unnoticed, that put up big numbers in high school and 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 you know no one really paid attention to him um you know we were the biggest offer for Breida, right <laughs> so like uh yeah. it, it's so and 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 you know now he's a star in the nfl so you know that that in itself is is a great selling factor but to him he's got a chip on his shoulder right i mean that that was a thing oh, i kept yeah, seeing sure, come up for sure. so he has something to prove like look guys i'm an all-american i i shattered this alabama high school record um which isn't an easy thing to do um no. i shattered the the next closest person to me um you know uh in 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 the country this year with with the yards i put up i just did the math which i know is scary Cody coming from me, but I, but, and, and, and you and you can check me on it. But I mean, he had 217 carries. Um, that's over 16 yards per carry, right? Well, so it, it's, 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 not, a, it's not it's not even like he was toting the rock every single time that his offense was touching the ball. Well, uh, I was going to get to, you know, you obviously know with as well that he's doing that the defense is going to be like, you got to stop this running back. So it's not like the defenses aren't trying to gear up to yeah. to 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 not stop them because they get this tremendous wide receiver that they got to cover and you know? his team no, wasn't appears... even that good i'll i'll have to look yeah. it up but i i want to say they were like a 500ish team um you know they had, they may have made the playoffs um uh, I don't, I don't have that up, but uh, they weren't, they weren't like an undefeated team, right? I mean, again, yeah. it was like double A football in Alabama. They weren't like this powerhouse double A school. It's just kind of this like middle of the road, mediocre school. Um, obviously, he's the star. Uh, you know, put it up that kind of numbers. But you know, I, I've, I've always made this argument too. Is, is when people are like, oh, he put it up against crap competition. Well. Maybe he's playing with crap competition or playing with with yeah. crap teammates too. I mean, honestly, well, I, I wouldn't you know, say it like that. That's a rude way of putting it. Well, but it is yeah, a rude we, way of putting it. But okay, but I, I I shouldn't say crap. But playing with playing with cal the the type of caliber athletes that you're not going to obviously see in at the college level, or that you're Correct. not going to see okay. at a top at a top of the tier uh, high school football program in the state of Alabama. Right. So having, having, you know, he, he has an offensive line that might be guys that are less than 200 pounds, you know, or if they (laughs) They are, could be as big as me, like, or yeah, they they could be like, yeah, they could be the size of you and I, they could be, uh, they could be big, but you know, not athletic at all. (laughs) You know, I mean, so, so, so you have to take that into account too. It's like, okay, the competition he's playing against, um, might not be, you know, Clemson, (laughs) uh, or, or like a Gwinnett County team or something like that, but it's, you know, the, the talent he has around him, the quarterback that he has, you know, throwing him the ball out of the backfield or handing the ball off to him, the center that he has, 
that's you know snapping the ball like they're they're not they're probably not stellar athletes either right so um you know that the i think that's fair to to point out it is it is and you know if it's kind of one of those deals where if he was on a two-way team that had always been like state contenders like state championship winners always get into like the final four in the in the double a level in alabama i'm sure it'd probably be a different story but if he's on a team that just has never had a really a good football program then then it's you know it's going to be hard for some of these p5 schools to pull the trigger and offer him something and and see and i think that's that's the kid and we kind of talked about it off the air that's the kind of kid that i want right i mean it's yeah. it's, it's, it's not going to get but like it, honestly because with I, I covered enough high school football where I, where I saw these kids that were uh, they were stars and I knew you know and I saw them go on to smaller colleges or, or whatnot and do really really well and they just went unnoticed because they weren't at these camps um, maybe they didn't have the money uh, you know to be traveling every weekend and and be on seven uh, seven on seven teams and and all this kind of stuff uh, and they didn't play for that marquee program and and you know the uh, you know, a, a high school team with a bunch of A's, you know, and, and it's, and it's yeah. classification um, and, and, and surrounded by talent. I mean, so like you, you see all the time, like we'll, we'll get kids from Jones high school here in Orlando or Dr. Phillips, or we'll get kids from, uh, you know, one of the Gwinnett County schools or, or, or South Georgia schools like Valdosta or, or, or Lowndes County or something like that. And you kind of got to ask yourself, I'm not selling any of those kids short um, by any means, but it's like, well, they were the third or fourth or fifth or sixth best player on that team. Everybody in front of them are going to like P5 schools. How good is that kid, right? I mean, honestly, because mm-hmm. you, you've you got a wide receiver that if he's the second or third best wide receiver on the team, the two in front of them are going to Clemson and Alabama, and then the third one is going to a G5 school. I mean, yeah, he was getting a lot of targets and being open because you had these two P5 guys, yeah. you know, uh, lining up with you, right? So um, I, I, I think that's fair to point out. So, like, if, if you're just this de facto superstar on, on a team that maybe isn't that good and doesn't have that much talent, I, I, I think that you can, you know, in theory, hold your own just, just as well as someone that's, you know— you know, but behind a couple other guys that are far more talented on a, on a superstar team. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be really interesting to see kind of where he stacks up. I think there's a good shot that he could probably, if he comes in and kind of performs, that he could probably jump Speedy Orloch and 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 Joe Green on the depth chart. Um, but we'll have to see how that ta- how that yeah. how that, how that. And we've seen out. it before. I mean, we saw it with Andrew yeah. Cunningham. You and I were both salivating, <laughs> right? Right when 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 yeah, when we, we thought we him. had a we thought we had a gym, man. We thought we had a gym, and you know, you get this kid. He's got what like forty something offer, and that was a different scenario altogether. But you got you got a kid that I mean, he was uh, I think he was like a three star, um, but obviously put up huge numbers. Uh, was recruited out of uh, Florida in the Tampa area, went to, you know, a, a, a good-sized high school there with talent, had the notoriety, had the exposure. Um, he, you know, blew his knee out. Um, he, you know, that obviously uh, diminished, a, you know, a, a lot of his kind of luster uh, with, you know, those major P5 schools. Um, so what was, you know, 40 offers kind of dwindled down. Um, and he ended up at Georgia Southern. And then, uh, as we know, you know, he ended up 
kind of fizzling Transfer. out and yeah, transferred. Yeah. So, so it, it, you know, and, and that's not to say that he didn't live up to expectations or anything like that. Um, you know, obviously the coaching staff saw something in him that didn't translate to what they wanted or, or they obviously saw talent in front of him that they felt was better suited to play. Better. Yeah. It was just better. So um, it, it is what it is. And then that's, that's the game of recruiting, right? You don't know the stars yep. don't really mean anything. The stats in high school don't really mean anything. Um, it's fun to talk about, but it, it you know, it is what it is. All, all time will tell. And, 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 but that said, I am excited about Jalen White. Um, you know, I'm hoping that obviously it, it doesn't end up like a Andrew Cunningham and, uh, you know, he ends up being our next Matt Breida. So, um, you know, looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm i hoping all the recruits that we get year in, year out, um, all eventually some way, somewhere help out our program to win football games. Um, I know that doesn't always happen, but that's always my hope. I hate to see a kid come in here and have to leave or – not not get to perform the way that the expectations were but you know that's always my hope for all these kids all these young men that decide to to make statesboro home for four years yeah so could i think with that we're we're right at like an hour here so let's let's uh let's stop it here we'll break this up into i will produce both of these and i will i'll are you because i will i will i did i did did it's easier it's easier to do it all in one sitting um, I will break these up. Uh, they will be, I promise, and hold, hold me to this. Uh, Cody, you hold me to this. Our listeners it hold me to be this. April get after or May before get we get into it. Yeah, yeah. It will be, it was uh, September 5th. And we'll, we'll, we'll get them out by September 4th. Um, so, right before Boise. Now, hold, hold me to anyone listening. Call me out on Twitter. Uh, you know, if, if if you get the first one and don't get the second one, if I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that the the unreleased episodes were probably the two best episodes we've ever done. They were good. They were. Um, we got combative. They were. They we we got. They were very passionate. They were passionate. They were passionate. There. I mean, there were some things we we covered a little bit here, probably in a more diplomatic way. But yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, I I, I think. We we've we've had some good good topics in this first. I'm just not as intoxicated now as I was in oh, that there episode. You go. Right, here we go. <laughs> well, we got a whole other part to to cover. So <laughs> time to make a cocktail. All right, we'll we'll see Loving you. It up, boys and girls. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll take a break. Uh, Cody will uh, libation it up, and we'll uh, we'll we'll see That's you. Right. We'll see you in part two. Um, where we'll cover the schedule. Maybe. We'll, we'll, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe not. The, the same people might not. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll pick it up there. We'll cover the 2020 uh, schedule release, uh, the spring game, and just kind of our overall outlook of, of uh, 2020. So, Cody, um, until then, hail Southern. Hail Southern, Matt. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gottatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gattatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gotta and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.